Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we can hear your word. We honor your word. It's more precious than gold. It is sweet, more sweet than honey, Lord. And we want to receive your word into our spirit, like our spiritual food. And we don't want to be just hearer of your word. We want to be doers of your word. And we believe, Father, those who obey you shall be blessed. We thank you so much, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Today, I would like to continue the series called The Way to Victory, another sermon. In Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible says that the Lord our God is long-suffering. He doesn't have the attitude that says, oh, I'm fed up with this bunch of people. Forget about them. Let's wipe them out right now. He doesn't have that attitude. He is very long-suffering with our mistake, with our wrongdoing, and our stubbornness. Are you thankful that he is long-suffering toward you too? Not only to the people out the church, outside the church? Because I have made mistakes too in my life, and God was long-suffering toward me. But it's not the will of God, for sure, that anyone should purge. It's not the will of God for even one person that will face destruction. If somebody tells you that, oh, that tsunami, that monsoon came from God, God wants to kill them. It's not biblical. God never wants anybody to perish. But the question is, is are people still perishing? Are people still facing destruction? Yes. Is it God's will for them to be destroyed and perishing? No. What is the alternative to perishing or destruction? The Bible is so clear. The good news is the alternative to perishing or destruction is very simple. Repentance. Repentance is so important. Repentance will get you out of the problem. It's very simple. What does it mean, repentance? Repentance means to perceive afterward that I am wrong and then transform. Repentance means I regret that I offend God and I want to reform. Repentance means I care about the feeling of people around me who I offend and I care about the feeling of God. I don't want to do this anymore. I depend on the forgiveness of God. I'm going to change the way of life. I'm going to turn around and go another direction that God wants me to go. That is repentance. There is one 
sentence in the Bible that is mentioned by Jesus and by the Holy Spirit so many times. That sentence say, "Unless you repent, God give the warning side of something bad gonna happen unless you repent." Last time I read from Luke chapter 13. I'm gonna read one more time, one to five. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. These people were killed by the soldier of Pilate. And then look at verse 2. Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Sometimes you heard bad news. Something bad happened in a, a, a city, a town, and a lot of people died. And you may think, oh, these people are worse sinners than me. I'm okay. But look at Jesus say, Because they suffer such things. Verse 3, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. They were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a very dangerous world. This world is demon-filled. Sickness-filled, curse-filled, sin-filled, and crazy people-filled. We are living in a very dangerous world. We need a heavy-duty protection of grace of God every single day. You agree with me? If you want to go through or make it through each day, each week, come out, Full, you don't lose any hand, any leg, eyes. You want to live week by week and still intact. You need the grace of God. You need a heavy protection of God because we're living in a very dangerous, sinful world. Some people say, oh, it's God's will for that person to be killed in a church like that. Somebody shoot them in a church. It's not God's will at all for anybody to kill anybody. And somebody say, oh, God is in control of everything. No, God is not in control of everything. Many things that happen to you and me, God is not involved at all. Because we have free will. Many things that happen in this world come from yourself. You make your own choice. You never consult with God. That's why when I got out from the... Uh, immigration in Narita, the first thing I did, Holy Spirit, tell me what to do. I want the Lord to be the Lord of my life. I don't want to run my own life. Oh, something happened because of demons and Satan talking to you and you listen to him. Or something happened because you get pulled in by human beings to do something with them. Oh, come by your own sinful nature. But God is not involved in that decision or talking or anything. 
This is why it's so important as a believer we need to know the Word and we need to know the Holy Spirit so that the Lord can become our Lord and whatever we do, He is the Master and we do what He says. We don't run our own life. Don't blame God if something bad happens because you make your own choice or you listen to the devil or you listen to demons and you get into trouble and don't blame God. God is not involved with those things. God is not a destroyer. His perfect will is nobody will be destroyed or perish at all. If everybody would repent of their sin, he would heal them, restore them, help them, and protect them. The Lord tells us to repent. You remember last time I talked about Ahab. Ahab was one of the worst kings in the history of Israel. I'd like to read from 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 27 on. It's a summary of how gracious and merciful our God is. This is a bad man. He's a wicked man. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his cloth and put sackcloth on his body, fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbite, saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me because he has humbled himself before me. I will not bring the calamity in his days. Did the Lord forgive him? Did the Lord restore, help him not to get into trouble after he repented? Yes. Look at another king in Israel. His name is Manasseh. Manasseh was very evil. He built the altar in the temple of God in Jerusalem. He burned his own son to worship idols. He worshiped stars. He was very bad. And look at what happened at the end of his life. In Second Chronicles chapter 33, verses 11 to 13. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh with hooks, bowed him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. He faced judgment of God because he worshipped idols, and he rejected God. This man faced the judgment of God. And look at what happened after. He repented. Now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord, his God, and humbled himself. Everyone say humbled. Humble, very important. Humility. Greatly before God of his fathers and prayed to him, he received his entreaty, heard his supplication, and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. My brothers and sisters, our God is a merciful God. You may be facing impending destruction or judgment because you are goofy. You have been goofy. You're doing your own wrong things. You cheat money. You commit adultery. Watch pornography. You come to church and you just gossip and don't do anything. You cause problem in the church. And God is very long-suffering towards you. The destruction is looming, is coming. But if you repent, no matter how bad Sinful action you have done. God still forgive you. Repentance is the way out from calamity 
and destruction. We need to humble him ourselves and repent. Or you may be facing judgment right now because you have not done very well with the Lord. And the Lord say, if you are like Manasseh, if you repent, God will restore you. He's a good God. I like what the book of Revelation chapter 2, 21 and 22 say. Our Lord is a merciful God. And I give her time, Hermin Jezebel, in the book of Revelation, Jezebel, who claimed to be a prophetess, to repent of her sexual immorality. You need to understand the book of Revelation, chapter 2, chapter 3, talk about seven churches. And in every single church, God said, oh, you have done this good thing. I put the thumb up. But then at the end, he said, ah, but there's one thing you need to repent. Otherwise, you're going to face problem. You think that kind of warning is for the church in America today, including New Hope International Church. We may do good things, many good things in our church, but there are things in our life in this church we need to repent. God is going to warn every church. We may have some issue in this church that I, pastor, need to repent and you need to repent. That's why we need to stay humble and listen to God so that calamity, destruction, and headache, and problem will not come to our church. Amen? And look at, he warned the lady Jezebel here. She did not repent. Verse 22, Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Unless, everyone say, unless they repent. You see again and again, Unless you repent, unless they repent. This scripture talking about a window of time. I gave her time to repent. My brother and sister, God is so long-suffering. Sometimes we did not obey God for a long time, and he just wait and wait and wait. He gave us some time to wake up and repent. He may even give us resources. He may even get us to listen to a sermon in the YouTube and say, hey, this is a problem that you need to repent. And we just still stubborn and have a hardened heart and say, oh, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing this thing. I don't want to repent. And God still wait. Give some time. But the reality is this. His long suffering will come to an end one day. It will not stay forever. There will be the time that God say, okay, it's enough. You're going to face judgment now. Nobody in this world, I have been living in this world more than 60 years, and I have watched people's life. Nobody in this world can get away with their sin forever. No matter how smart you are, how great you are, if you keep sinning one day, it's going to come to the point that you're going to have to pay the price and face the destruction and judgment from God. You need to know this. He will not have long suffering forever. You cannot get away forever with any sin. One day, you're going to have to wake up and say, I'm sorry. Amen? 
So God give us some time. Let's look at Revelation chapter 9, 20-21. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. This is the fact of life in this world. There are in this world, in every generation, there are people in this world who are not going to repent no matter what happened. This is what the Bible says. They are not repenting. The big problem is not the plagues or the destruction or calamity or monsoon, tsunami or hurricane. That is not a big problem. The big problem of mankind is that certain people are not willing to repent. Because if they repent, the calamity will be lifted. The plagues will be stopped because they repent. Amen? Sometimes people say, oh, we have a big economy problem right now. We have a problem right now. This is a big problem for me. No, 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 no. The big problem is not about economy. The big problem is that are you willing to repent of your sin? Are you willing to stop talking negative, cheating the government, hiding something behind the scene, doing some bad stuff that nobody knows? Are you willing to repent? That is a big problem because you repent those things are going to stop. The bad things are going to stop. Your economy will turn around. Your finances will turn around. Your body is going to be healed. Because God is a merciful God. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, how many people are his people? Which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. That's why I don't want to miss prayer meeting on Saturday morning here. If I'm in town, I try to get to prayer meeting to pray and cry out to God for the mercy on this church. I don't want to miss the prayer meeting. Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, which is repenting. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If enough people in Thailand, in Japan, in Africa, in America, are willing to repent. Can God heal their land? If people in your household, you husband or daddy, you mom, you repent, can God heal your marriage? Can God heal your bank account? Can God heal your physical body and your children? Yes. All the dads in this room, all the men in this room, Please repent. Don't play game. Because that will bring healing to your family, your wife, your kids, your finances, everything. You need to repent of your sin. No matter how bad it is in your situation right now. No matter how bad, terrible things you do in the past years. If you say to God, 
God, I'm out of shape right now. I have done wrong thing. I get into trouble. Could you please forgive me? You will receive the mercy and the healing from God. Amen. In that scripture, Revelation 9, talk about people who were so prideful, they rejected the existence of God. That is a message I talk in Tokyo this time. I say God is real. I share with them why we believe there is God from the medical, from the surgeon point of view. I want to tell them God exists. God is real. And if you believe in God and you repent, the judgment will be withdrawn. They will not come to you. Revelation 16, 7 to 11. And I heard another form, the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues. God has power over destruction. He can withdraw the destruction. And they did not repent and give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bow on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and then gnaw their tongues because of pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and did not repent of their deeds. There will be people on this earth, no matter what happened, they will never repent. Blaspheming the name of God is the most stupid thing that man can do. Why? Because God is the one who can take away the plagues. God is the one who healed them. God is the one who can restore them from problem. So if you blaspheme God, you don't get help from him. <laughs> For me, I'd rather be on my knee, on my face, and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm humble myself. Could you please help me, the Almighty God? Take this away from me. This plague away from me. I will never blaspheme God. I want to only honor God. This message is not popular in America. The popular message is this. You can do whatever you want. The grace of God will cover you like a ticket. You can do whatever you want. There's a message of grace. Grace cover you. That is a wrong doctrine. It's not biblical. And that's popular now in churches because people like to hear that kind of thing. Oh, you know, you can do whatever you want. God is gracious. No! Yes, God is gracious, but going to come one day. You're going to have to pay the price. You need to repent. Repentance is not a bad message. It's not a bad news. It's the good news, in fact. Because it's the way out from calamity. If you repent, listen carefully, there is no such thing as a bad action, wrongdoing that you are involved with. It's so deep, look like hopeless situation that God cannot help you to come out. Even worst thing in the world, He can pull you out if you humble yourself and you repent of your sin. If you feel that judgment is coming, you or you feel that destruction is now on your life. There is one sentence behind. What are you doing right now? That sentence 
is recorded in the Bible. Unless you repent. That is a sentence. Everyone say, unless I repent. My brother and sister, repentance is a good news. Why is good news? Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ took all our sins, our failure and mistake, and the punishment of sin and the curse of sin upon him, of home humanity. He paid a price for us, and we can come to him and have faith in him and repent of our sin. When we believe in Jesus and repent, we don't need to face destruction. We will have life and have it more abundantly. But the key is we need to have faith in Jesus, what he did for us on the cross. Two, we need to repent of our sin. Amen? Let me read Luke chapter 13, 4 to 5 one more time. On those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Should we take these words of Jesus seriously? Should we take it seriously? We should take it seriously. He say, you, point to yourself, me too. Unless I repent, I will likewise perish. And this can happen in the church too. Even though you may not go to hell, you go to heaven. But if you don't repent of certain sin, you can get into trouble. Amen? Revelation 3.20 Revelation 3.20 Behold, listen carefully, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and die with him and he with me. Jesus knocked at the door. Some of you may open the door and say, who are you? And shut the door. He cannot come in. Some of you say, Jesus, I open the door. Could you please come in? Now you're born again. But when he walks into your house, you say to him, you can sit in my living room or family room, but not my bedroom. You can sit in my kitchen, but you cannot see my safe that I keep money. You can sit in my living room, but you don't get involved with my personal life, okay? Don't look at the book, what I read. Don't look at the my computer, what is my favorite? That sometimes I watch pornography. Don't get involved with me. I give you only this room, but not that room. Is that the way most Christians are doing? You can come into my house, but don't get involved with the way I read the book, what program in the TV in the computer, how I spend my time, how I spend my money. Oh, my pastor doesn't know. Actually, I never check anyone in this room give tithe or not. I never check. But God knows whether you cheat God or not. It's between you and God. But I want to tell you right now, 
if you get into financial trouble because you cheat God, or your son get into trouble, some punishment come to your family, don't blame God because you allow Him to get involved only certain part of your life, and He's not involved in the other part. And one day when the long suffering is lifted, you're gonna face some judgment because God is just. I know this is a difficult message, but for me, I rather examine my life every day. I rather pray every day. Lord Jesus, come into every room in my life. A few weeks ago, somebody handed Pasada an envelope, cash two thousand dollars. When she opened the envelope, she said, "This is not for me." This lady misunderstood. I should not get this money. I should return to her. And I agree with her. So she went back to this lady in the church and said, "I don't think you plan to give to me." And that lady said, "You're right. I plan to give to the church. But there's no nothing on the envelope. To who?" Pastor Da said, "Could you please give directly to the church, not to me?" I don't want to get involved with this money. In other words, Pastor Da and I say to God, "You are the Lord of our finances. We're not going to cheat even one penny." Before I got in the airplane in Tokyo, the pastor asked me, "Can I share your business class seat? We can give some, pay you, because you spend time in Tokyo." I say no. I'm done. Come here for money. You don't need to give money to me. I come here for soul, to see soul save. <laughs> Have you checked yourself every day? Is he in every part of your life? If you continue to let him lead you, he is the master of your life in everything. You and you repent quickly. If he warns you something and you repent. You're gonna be safe and sound all the days of your life until you go to heaven. No judgment can touch you. No demon can touch you. No sickness and disease, anything can touch you because you are under a special protection of God. Repentance brings the grace of God upon your life. The special protection in this demon field, curse field, disease field, and crazy people field world. Amen. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. Are you learning something? This is a very difficult message to hear. I'm so sad that a lot of people could not join the church today because they missed very important message. But the truth will set you free. I speak the truth to you, gonna save your life. As a doctor, I need to tell the truth to my patients. Okay. Luke chapter 13, 6 to 9, he also spoke this parable. Listen carefully. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it. Everyone say fruit. And found none. God always compare human beings to tree. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, "Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it, fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well, 
But if not, after that, you can cut it down. What does it mean, this scripture? The owner of the vineyard is God. The keeper of the vineyard are those who love you, those who care for you, those who mean well to you, like your pastors, your leaders, your parents, your mommy and daddy, your husband or your wife who care for you. You are that victory. And God's come and say, I haven't seen fruit yet. Matthew 3, 8, the Bible say, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. A lot of us who call themselves Christians say, have all the resources. God put in a good church. You have all the gifts and talents. And you're just naughty, naughty, naughty. Miss church all the time. Never get involved. Never help anything. You cheat. You play game. You do wrong things. You never take responsibility. You never produce fruit of repentance. Years after years. And God just didn't touch you. God is just so long-suffering. And one day, God's going to take action to wake you up to spank you. And then your pastor or your wife or your husband or your mommy or your daddy or your brother and sister say, God, could you please wait one more year? I will, I intercede for this person. Could you please have mercy on this person? Could you please hold off the judgment? Could you give him more time to repent and to change? Like this victory. And you keep praying and praying that God would do something that this person's eyes shall be open and say, oops, ooh, I'm wrong. I've been goofy. I've been naughty in this church and I have been doing wrong things all these years. Okay, I repent. Then you get out from possible judgment or impending judgment. But one year has gone by and you're still goofy. You're still naughty. And even people pray for you. Eventually, the owner of the vineyard is going to come and say, cut it down. This scripture talks about intercession. Intercession. Revelation 2.5 says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first work. Do you know what is the first works? Lately, God spoke to me three things. And I want to talk to the congregation. If he speak to me something, he speak to you too, because I'm the pastor. Number one, he speak to me. How much do you love me? Two, how much do you love people? Three, how much I am the Lord of your life? He asked me, what, is the first, what are the first works? According to Revelation 2, verses 4 and 5, the first work is the first love for Jesus and for his people. Do you love people? Do you love God? Or you come to church for five faults to give people trouble? Or you come to church to love people, to love God? He said that you fall from the first works is to love him and love people. Sometimes people come to church, oh, you know, I'm graduate from Bible school. I know a lot. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, oh. Mm. Never love anybody. Just come in to judge everybody. That is not the first work. The first work is love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love people as yourself. 
I don't care how much Bible knowledge you have. Let me ask this question. Do you love God? Two, do you love people? Three, is the Lord Jesus the Lord of every part of your life? And he say, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Quickly. As pastor, I have a job to intercede for you like that vineyard keeper. God, don't touch it. God, make sure they repent. Sometimes God is so long-suffering and so merciful. He gives us all the resources and help. He gives even money to us so that we can do the work of God. He gives us talent, but we still stay goofy and just complaining and do bad things and now we'll build a church and run our own life. He is not the Lord of our life yet. And the Lord just keep. when you're going to repent, when you're going to change, and eventually say, I'm going to come quickly to let you know you are not doing right. And then pastor keep praying for you, keep interceding for you, your husband pray for you, your wife pray for you. And God say, okay, one more year, maybe year 2018, I let him go. But year 2019, if you don't repent, you may face problem. So quiet in this room. Do you like this kind of teaching? I have more. I have six more sermons on this. I'm going to come off and on on the day that you think the pastor will preach something else. I can come unexpectedly. So today we learn, number one, Repentance is the way out from calamity and perishing and destruction. Two, no matter how bad the situation is, if we repent, God can restore us and God can help us. Take the plagues out, take the destruction out, and we can be restored. Three, God gives us some window of time to repent. We should repent as soon as possible. Four, we should intercede for our brothers and sisters, our family, that God will continue to help and be long-suffering before judgment comes. Amen? And also, if judgment comes, we still need to repent, and God can take that judgment away from us. Five, there will be people in this world that will never repent no matter what happens. So sad. That is the truth. But I hope you are not in that group of people. You're in a group of people who say, I repent. God, I humble myself before you. I pray to you. Seek your face and turn from my wicked ways. And you shall hear my prayer. You shall forgive my sin and heal my land. Should we be that kind of Christians? Humble ourselves, repent, pray to God, and ask God for forgiveness every single day. Amen? Father, thank you so much, Lord, for warning your church with the words, unless you repent. We don't want to face any judgments. We need heavy Duty protection from you, Lord, in this lost and dying world. 
We know, Lord, around us there are demons, sicknesses, and diseases, curses, bad people, evil people who want to cheat us, who want to destroy us, Lord. We need your protection in this house, New Hope International. We want to be the people like in that book, Chronicle, chapter seven. We humble ourselves before you. We ask you to forgive us. We will change. We transform. We care about your feeling. We regret of our wrongdoing, and ask you for forgiveness, Lord. We thank you, Father, for warning us, for giving us the truth. This truth shall set us free, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this good news. That as we repent, we don't perish. We can have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there any one of you in this room who say to God, Lord, today I make a decision. Jesus is the Lord. Of every part of my life, I open the doors of my life. He can come in. He can co- show up in my bedroom. He can show up in my kitchen. He can look in my safe. He can look at my checkbook. He's the Lord of everything in my life. He can talk to me about any concern, any. Thing behind the scene that my pastor don't even see, the way I handle, the way I talk to my wife, the way I talk to my children, the way I conduct my business. Lord Jesus, come in and be the Lord of everything in my life. If you're those people, why don't you pray with me right now? Father in heaven, after I listen to this teaching, I realize now, Lord Jesus is not the Lord of every part of my life. Today I repent of my sin, of holding back certain aspect of my life, of running my own life. Lord Jesus. I open the door. You can come in. Become the Lord, the master of every part of my life. I surrender to you. I will listen to you. I will obey you. I will not be stubborn. I will not harden my heart. I will not be stiff-necked. I will not be unrepentant. I yield to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want the blessing. I want life. I don't want judgment. I don't want destruction. I need your protection. 
I need your grace. Thank you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Oh, thank